to UEBO. Thanks, Tony. Sherry Few is the founder and president of the USPIE, which stands for the United States Parents Involved in Education. And I have groups like this on all of the time because we've got to be paying better attention. Hi, Sherry. Hi, thanks for having me on this morning. Thanks for being here. I know a lot of people who do homeschool right now. I am not capable of it because I actually got an F on my grandson's second grade math. So I'm probably not the best candidate, but there are groups that can help with that, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, homeschooling has become such a wonderful opportunity for parents, and parents are collaborating together and forming co-ops so that they can work together on the different subjects that their children need to learn. Well, you're president and founder of United States Parents Involved in Education. The the acronym is USPI, U-S-P-I-E. And so there must be a reason you exist. Did you just one day say, that's it, I've had enough? Well, you know, it was about 20 years ago when my children were in school, so I'm, I'm dating myself now. My, my children are in their mid-30s now. But I noticed problems in the curriculum even then. It was, you know, things like um, how great China was, their form of government was superior to ours, and and then insidious sex education. So I formed an organization called South Carolina Parents Involved in Education. That's where I live. Mm -hmm. And then in uh, 2015, we expanded nationally into United States Parents Involved in Education. It was myself and people like myself in other states who had been fighting the Common Core standards. I don't know if you remember the Common Core fight back in 2010. Oh, gosh, do I ever. Yeah, people all over the country were saying, we don't want these faulty standards. In fact, you know, that's probably why you failed the second grade math. Because I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to do it. Yeah. Common Core math. And, you know, that is the math being taught to every child in the nation, except in Florida where they've been able to recently escape the Common Core standards. So that's how we became a national organization, and our mission is to close the U.S. Department of Education and end all federal education mandates because that's where the majority of the nefarious pedagogies originate and are incentivized with federal dollars, just like Common Core was. Your mouth to God's ears. The NEA does not need to be federally funded, nor does it need to exist. We have school boards. We have state rulers. Um, I shouldn't say rulers, but lawmakers. Um, people who can help us state by state make sure that the curriculum is what it needs to be. It's kind of their job. So why does the NEA even exist? Well, the NEA has been real effective in convincing teachers that they need someone to protect them in their profession. No. And teachers for the longest time have bought into this, and they pay. They pay to be a member of this organization that pushes this leftist indoctrination for children. Well, well, that's upsetting to me because it's it's like being forced into a labor union. And I get that when, you know, the crap hits the fan and you need somebody to protect you, unions are a really good idea for a, a lot of different aspects of of labor in this country. But the NEA doesn't just protect teachers. It sticks its nose in where it doesn't belong. That's the part I have a problem with. Oh, definitely. I mean, they're the largest advocacy group um for unelected education. yes yes and so they're they're a serious problem they have been for some time but you know even the the federal department of education 
um, several federal laws have, have have really affected education. And and you know, I'd say in the last fifty years, particularly since the U.S. Department of Education was formed, because most people don't understand, we didn't have federal involvement in education prior to 1980. I mean, it was it was that recent that the U.S. Department of Education was formed. So in in that time, we've seen nothing but plummeting test scores. So we're spending billions upon billions. I think the number I read recently was $752 billion collectively on federal uh, influences in education annually, that is. Yeah, sure. So Somebody the- just said we need the, the NEA because without them we don't get the federal dollars. I don't think that's true. I think that there would still be federal dollars for education even if the NEA was not to exist. Well, let me let me share this thought because we have thought about this a good bit. So, first of all, only about 10% on average of a state's education budget comes from the federal government. So, you know, maybe that's a lot dollar-wise, but percentage-wise it's not. And we've even developed a blueprint recently for states to analyze how they can get off of the federal funding. And so the first step is to see, well, how much does it cost to comply for all the regulations that come with the money? So if they do a cost of compliance study, I think they'll find that that 10% is much lower. It may only be 3 4 5%. And then when you look at it like that, you wonder if that small amount of money is worth ceding control of your classrooms to the federal government. No, that would be the answer. All right, so how many people are turning away from traditional education now and going to homeschooling? And I do want to preface this with saying we're lucky where we live because we have some outstanding teachers and we have a good school board who do take the best interests of the kids into consideration when making rules. We have a few hiccups here and there that I don't like, and we have people who are fighting that on the local level, but nobody's perfect. But when it comes to homeschooling, it is becoming more and more popular because people don't want their kids exposed to society's ne'er-do-wells as well, who happen to be in some of the school situations. Well, homeschooling is the fastest growing form of education in our country, and it is really exploding. And so during COVID, parents, um, the COVID shutdowns of schools, parents learned two things. Number one, it can be very rewarding to be at home with your child and helping them with their education. And number two, they recognized what their children were being taught. You know, in years past, parents just trusted uh, the schools to, to have the child's best interest at heart. But when they began to see the, the Marxist critical theories and the sexualization and the, the fake history, uh, they were astounded and, and decided that they, they did not want their children to continue to be exposed to that indoctrination. So they've made difficult choices. You know, many families have given up a second income and made sacrifices in order to protect their children and to enjoy this rewarding experience of homeschooling their children. Okay, but if you're like me and you can't do the math, there are other people who can do the math so that I can help with history and social studies and science because that's where I fly. Absolutely. We all have our strengths, and that's what homeschooling co-ops do is they rely on each other's strengths. And and even, you know, there's other models that are, that are blooming. There's um, cottage schools where families are getting together and they're hiring a teacher, and believe me, there's many teachers out there that are fed up with their profession 
and would prefer to be doing uh, a different model. And so they're hiring teachers to um, teach their children. So they have like the small uh, one-room classroom with these families coming together to pay the teacher's salary. So there's all kinds of models that are blooming out there, and alternatives are a great idea. And more information about that can be found at our website, which is USPIE. That's USPI.org. Okay. So with all of this going on, how do uh, how does it work? How do you homeschool your child? Does every state have a different rule? Well, there are different laws in, in the various states. So in most states, it's very legal and open, uh, but there's a constant threat, especially because homeschool is on the rise, uh, for the government to try to control homeschooling. So, but there's good national organizations. Um, HSLDA is one that you can join, sort of like, you know, we we're talking about unions, but it's an organization that you can join that has uh, a team of lawyers that are vigilant in watching the laws in the state mm-hmm. to be sure that the government doesn't encroach and take over the rights that parents obviously have. A lot of people are saying that we are overreacting to CRT and that it's not in as many schools as we think it is. But some of the curricula is sneaking its way into um, areas of other education and being taught as kind of a sidebar. So it's not like you're taking a CRT class. It's just some of it is being slipped in. Some people want to know how they can how they can recognize that and get it out. Um, I'm not sure if you're the person I'm supposed to ask, but that's a listener question. Um, I don't know that we have that problem here locally, but then again, I haven't really been looking for it either because, you know, the kids are so young. Right. So that's an excellent question. And I, I can tell you that I've done a lot of research on this topic all across the country, and I really believe it's everywhere. And so what's happening is, Young teachers are going into the College of Education to prepare for their teaching career, and the College of Education in most universities and colleges is the most liberal area that you can pursue. And so they are fully indoctrinated in critical race theory while they're in college before they even hit the classroom. And they are taught, um, and, and by the way, it's not a textbook, as you suggested. It's not a class that you take. You're not going to see a standard with it. But, but what it is is a pedagogy. It's a method of teaching. And that's what teachers are trained in prior to hitting the classroom. And they are taught to embed it in every subject at every grade level. So they're embedding it through social-emotional learning. There's um, another method called culturally responsive pedagogy that teachers are trained in. Um, even teachers who are out of college and already teaching, uh, as in the school district where I live, they two years ago, they had someone come in from the local university and teach them culturally relevant pedagogy, which has all of the uh, principles of critical race theory, where you lay out who the oppressors are and who the oppressed are, and it goes even deeper than race. It, it covers uh, criti- critical queer theory, critical feminist theory. So it sets up the white male heterosexual as the oppressor, even Christian and Protestant, they're oppressors against you know, uh, females, LGBTQ, um, what they call minority religions, and, and that's the scheme. So it is, it is tricky, but I uh, encourage you to look for the word equity. Anytime you see the word equity, 
it really is getting to the point of CRT. Because equity is very different than equal opportunity. Mm -hmm. And equal opportunities is what we're guaranteed under the law. Equity is an effort to try to force every child to have the same outcome, which is impossible. And and not good for the country. It's I mean, it's just it's just not good for the country. Every child should go after their own dreams and be the best them they can be, not the best little robot that can be created. So where do people go to learn more about USPIE? Well, I gave the website earlier. It's USPIE.org. But I'd also like to give the website of our film, Truth and Lies in American Education, because mm-hmm. people can really learn a lot about everything I've just discussed from this film. And it's the website is truthandliesfilm.us. Truthandliesfilm.us. U.S. Now, a lot of places, as I said, are very fortunate to have great educators who recognize and know exactly what your children need to learn. A lot of them have Christian hearts, and when they see things that seem out of line, they skip over them and move on to the reality of what your children are going to face. But everyone should be treated as a human being. Everyone should not be bullied. People should feel safe in their environment, but no one should be on a pedestal or rewarded for their differences. We should all be getting the same education, bar none, and learning in the way that works best for us. And if homeschooling is that for you, then you should do it. Sherry Few is founder and president of USPIE. Make sure you check out their film and their website. Thank you, Sherry. All right. Thank you. Uh Uh-huh. Bye-bye.